Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I want to go back in time a bit to March 14th, 2019. Now, that, that's a really important date in your life, and I'm wondering if you can share why. That's the date that I took off on a rocket and went to space for almost 11 months. Launch command has been issued. Booster ignition. And liftoff. We have liftoff of Let's Nick Haig and Christina Cook now on their way to the International Space Station. This actual physical sensation is a lot like being on a roller coaster. Maybe one of the older roller coasters isn't quite as smooth as some of the newer ones. One minute into the flight, everything looking good so far. Basically, there are three stages, and as the rocket uh, accelerates, you feel more and more G-forces until that stage cuts off. And then you sort of lurch forward, and you wait for the second stage to ignite, and then the process starts over again. Six minutes, 30 seconds into the flight, crew feeling good, everything looking good so far for this last stage. And, you know, after eight minutes of being under rocket power and just going up and up and having the force of gravity, uh, you know, the G-forces on you for that long, there's really nowhere else you can be but space. Separation is confirmed. Merlex, congratulations. Mission Control Moscow is standing by. And sure enough, when that third stage cut off, I looked over at my friend Nick and we both kind of floated a little bit out of our seats till our seatbelts caught us and we knew that we were there. Christina spent the next 328 days at the International Space Station. That's around 11 months for anyone who's counting. And as the months passed in space, Christina noticed something had shifted. There is definitely a sense of Groundhog's Day because even though things that you do vary, the way that you do them and the environment in which you do them is the same every single day. You get up, you go to the same galley, have the same breakfast, and then you go and check the schedule and start your work day, and, and it, just, it just repeats and repeats and repeats. Now, even if you've never been to space, what Christina is describing may actually sound kind of familiar. During this pandemic, for many of us, the days started to blur together. Time has either moved very slowly or very fast. And whether you're in space or here on Earth, that can make life feel untethered. So on today's episode, we're going to explore how our brains perceive time, what happens when that perception warps, and how we can feel more grounded in the present. So buckle up and get ready for liftoff. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and it's time to start chasing life. What was your daily schedule at the International Space Station? I'm wondering if you can just talk me through a day in the life. Well, every day was very different, but I think the most interesting thing about our days was that they are scheduled down to the five-minute increment. Wow. And so for 12 hours a day, you are following a schedule that 
is is kind of a schedule that's presented on every computer on station. And there's this term we have called chasing the red line because on this schedule, there's a red line that moves from left to right that traces real time. And it goes across every task that you have to do that day, like I said, down to five minute increments. So you know whether you're behind or ahead of the red line. And when you complete a task, you actually mark it complete in the schedule. And so it's very regimented. And so you can see visually the evidence of how you're doing that day. So to live for 11 months um, with that kind of regimentation almost every single day is a really interesting concept. I mean, the missions range from fixing a toilet to investigating the subatomic particles of the universe. I mean, you really cover the range of things. 100% correct. And both things could happen before lunch on any given day. (laughs) What was it like then having such a regimented routine in terms of time, your own sort of internal clock? did, Did it seem like time passed more quickly or did it feel more monotonous? Yeah, I was actually talking with a crewmate of mine recently, and I said, hey, Anne, um, what was it that you said about days and weeks on board the space station? Was it that the days were long, but the weeks were short, or that the weeks were long and the days were short? And she wasn't sure either at, at that point. But I think our brains demark time by unique and different sensory experiences and inputs. The fact that we weren't seeing new things, smelling new things, um, you know, that our sensory inputs weren't changing is really what made it feel monotonous or made it feel kind of like that time warp. Now, that may sound like science fiction, but the thing is, time warps are real. In physics, a time warp is anything that changes the speed of time relative to the generally accepted consensus. That's what Albert Einstein's famous theory of relativity is all about. But what Christina is talking about is a little different. For most of us, time runs as it should second by second, minute by minute. But sometimes we feel that it's passing more slowly or quickly. Why? Well, that has to do with the way our brains perceive time. Unlike the watches on our wrists, this is a much more subjective process. It's influenced by what we're feeling or doing in a given moment, and it's closely linked to our memories. So our experience of time is really, really flexible, and it's very fallible. So The statements that people say in general conversation, like time flies when you're having fun, time drags when you're bored, they're really true. That's Professor Ruth Ogden. She's an experimental psychologist at Liverpool John Moores University in the UK. She's also an expert on how we perceive time. This area of study is very personal to Ogden. She still remembers the moment when everything in her life came to a screeching halt. So I was just driving down a little country lane near my mum's house. Another car was coming onto my side of the road. The moment that I realised that was happening, I just remember everything being very clear, everything slowing down. So I experienced this really significant distortion to my experience of time. And that was really what made me want to explore this phenomena in much more detail. That's fascinating. You know, I have to tell you, just, you know, when you're describing your car accident, when I was young, I think I was around six or seven years old, I was in a a car accident as well. I still remember that incredibly well. And I remember I saw my aunt's face who was driving the car. I saw her sort of surprise and shock at the idea that we were going to have a car accident. I then looked up through the windshield and saw what she saw. 
And then I remember looking even at the radio and, you know, the middle console and seeing things just pop out, I guess, from the collision. I mean, I, I remember that so well. All that must have taken place in just a couple of seconds. But, but it feels I've, so much longer. It felt so much longer. And even 45 years later, I mean, I do wonder if part of it is just because you do need to remember certain things and therefore your perception of time sort of slows down or or just how much emotion is attached to your perception of time, right? Yeah, so we, we've tried to explore this in the lab where we've tried to understand what it is that makes those very high threat situations seem slow and long. So we've done things like shown people images that are particularly unpleasant and asked them to guess how long they were on the screen for. And what we see is that the amount of response that we get in terms of physiological arousal, so the extent to which our heart rate increases, the extent to which we sweat more, that's predictive of how long we think these events last for. So the more emotional we are, the longer we think they are in these really high threat situations. So you're exactly right. Emotion is really important in how we experience this type of time distortion. So it's no wonder this pandemic has felt like a massive time warp. It's stressful. It's scary. It's gone on for nearly two years now. I used to think that I had a pretty good sense of time. But I got to say, since the pandemic, the hours have felt really off kind of slippery in my mind. There were a few times I asked my wife to go on a walk thinking it was around 1.30 in the afternoon, but then she would tell me it's actually 7 o'clock and we were about to sit down for dinner. Sometimes I wondered if I was just losing it. But Professor Ogden studied how the lockdown affected people in the UK, and she found that many of us are struggling with the same feeling. So 80% of our population feels like time has really changed during the pandemic. For about half of people, the pandemic was passing quite quickly. For half of people, it was passing more slowly. So it really depends on who we are and what we've been doing during the pandemic as to how we feel about time. But one thing is for certain that it has become very much changed as a result of the pandemic. Were there specific people who were more likely to experience time passing quickly versus slowly? Generally speaking, people who were socially satisfied experienced a fast pandemic. So the more happy you were with the amount of interaction you had, the faster time seemed to pass for you. It was also true of being busy. So if you were more busy, the pandemic passed more quickly. And also if you were less stressed, the pandemic passed more quickly. So then we can reverse that, we can flip it on its head and we can understand who the pandemic passes slowly for. So it's generally people who are very isolated, people who are depressed, people who don't have good social contacts. So those are the kind of things that we need to think about if we want to change our experience in time during the pandemic. When we talk about time warp, we seem like we're talking about it for the right now, you know, the the, the present. How much does uh, that time warp affect how we think about the past or the future? That's a really interesting question, and it's not really something that is heavily researched. And I think coming back to the pandemic, something that will be really interesting for us to look at in the future is how we remember this period. Because one of the things that our brain does when it's looking back on a period of time to try and help us to understand how long something lasted for it, it looks at how many memories we've formed. When we experience something new, something important, say a graduation, a move to a new city, a breakup, 
our brain stores that experience away as a memory. Think of it as a temporal marker. Now, those memories then line up to help us track the order of events in our life. That anchors us to a timeline. But here's the thing. The pandemic has robbed us of many of those memory markers. So you and I, we do things at the same time every day. You do certain things on a Monday, and those things are different to the things you do on a Sunday. So the temporal markers tell us not only what time it is within the day, but what day it is of the week. So they kind of keep us in place. And the problem with the pandemic is that it took all of our temporal markers away. Mm -hmm. So if you can't leave your house, every single day is the same. If you can get up whenever you want and you can eat whenever you want and you don't have to get dressed and you can't attend church or you can't attend yoga, then you lose all the temporal markers that keep us in time. And that gives way to this feeling that we don't know what day it is, but also we don't really have a good understanding of how time's passing, so time feels very distorted. And what's made it worse is that we can't really predict how long the pandemic will last. And that can be confusing to our brains. So if we make a prediction error, if we experience some sort of error, then that leads to a distortion to time. So, for example, when you're waiting in the queue for a coffee in a coffee shop, you know roughly how long it should be until you get your coffee. If it takes longer than that, then you're going to start feeling like there is some sort of error. So I think what we see here is that it's possible that some of the distortion that we experience is because life during the pandemic really wasn't as we expected it would be. There's no doubt this pandemic has been an unprecedented experience for most of us, but not so for astronaut Christina Cook. It almost just felt like a prolonged second part of my mission. After the break, she shares her extraordinary advice for coping with time warp. Plus, time travel to the past and distant future. We unlock the secret to time travel. But first, I want your help with something. We have an upcoming episode that's all about love for Valentine's Day, and we do want to hear your thoughts. Record a voice memo, email it to asksanjay at cnn.com, or give us a call at 470-396-0832 and leave a message. And now back to Chasing Life. Christina Cook, your record holder. She is out, thumbs up, and a huge smile. She definitely looks glad to be home. Again, uh, 328 days that she spent in space since her launch on March 14th. Okay, where am I going? (laughs) Christina Cook holds the record for the longest single space flight by a woman. By the time she landed back on Earth, it was February 2020. And then the pandemic hit. Everyone was saying things to me like, oh my gosh, it feels like Groundhog's Day. I don't have any way to mark time. This is so weird. Um, It feels like every day is the same. Has it been a month or has it been a week? And I was thinking, yeah, that's normal. That just seemed like I had become so used to that. And, And does time seem to be moving at a similar pace, quicker, more slowly now that you're back on Earth? That is a great question. And I think I might have a better handle on that if it weren't for the oddness of stay at home and kind of, it almost just felt like a prolonged second part of my mission. Obviously, I've never done anything like what you've done, but during this COVID time, I've tried to find some of these markers of time as well. And I've tried, 
myself personally, I've just tried to do things that I've never done before. Did you have strategies then to mark the passage of time for yourself, to have those markers that uh, could convince your brain that time was passing? What about like holidays and stuff? You, you celebrated Christmas in space. Yep. You know, Christmas was the one day where we completely changed our sensory environment, and it is my most memorable day on the space station. We kept all the lights off all day, and we made what we call space candles by taking Kapton tape, which is like an amber-colored tape that's used in space, and wrapping it around the top of small mag lights. And we Velcroed them all over a station, and, and so it creates a light and amber glow just like a candle. And it was the most magical day I've ever had. It was the one day that felt like an escape just from everything. Your your descriptions are so vivid. I really can imagine, you know, what you're you're talking about. And I can understand why it must have felt so so magical. No matter what the experience was like at the time, in retrospect, people may have a different sort of view of things. In in your case, it felt long. No matter it, it was long but it felt long as well. You know, it it really didn't start to feel long until about month 10. Hmm. Up until that point, it was just so much fun and so fascinating. I often say I would have been devastated if I had to leave after seven months. I was not ready to leave after seven months. Interesting. But by about 11 months, I, I was ready to come home. You know, we always say life is short. I would actually tell myself in space, life is long. The earth isn't going anywhere. It's all going to be there when I get back. During Christina's mission on the International Space Station, some of her fellow astronauts took part in an experiment run by the European Space Agency. Wearing a VR headset, they did a series of exercises that tested their reaction times and ability to estimate how long an event had lasted. The point was to see how they did compared to similar experiments they'd done while still on Earth, to see if their perception of time changed while in space. Researchers hope that what they learn from these experiments will help people cope with changes in time perception. Now, those results aren't published yet. So in the meantime, what I decided to do was get another perspective from a different kind of time warp expert. One thing that's really special about being humans is that we are not stuck in our perceptions of time. For philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, this is one of our superpowers as human beings. And it's one of the ways that we're able to make really successful, really smart plans to help us live better lives. That's Professor Megan Sullivan, a philosopher at Notre Dame University. She studies how philosophers think about our relationship with time and how we can apply their thinking to our daily lives today. One of the philosophers I really love reading is Marcus Aurelius. He's this really famous Roman Stoic philosopher. And one of the things that's really cool about Marcus Aurelius is he led this action-packed life. He was emperor of Rome when they were having their own massive pandemic. He's fighting this huge war with the tribes in Germany. He's got all of these day-to-day pressures. But if you read Marcus's journal, The Meditations... He doesn't talk that much about how he's handling his day-to-day stresses. And instead, he writes himself little notes every day about things that he's noticing about himself and things he's noticing about other people that he really cares about, that he wants to remember and, and he thinks are constant in the midst of all of the chaos. 
And this skill that Marcus invented when he was in like the battlefields is one that we can absolutely use today to try to get control over the meaning of our lives and activities, even if we're undergoing massive external disruption. Being mindful, staying in the present, helps us feel more in control of our lives and less disrupted by time warps, like the pandemic. I've been trying to do this myself, trying to be more mindful. One of the things I've started doing is finding little pockets of time to meditate. It's nice to just close your eyes for a moment. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at your devices. Just sort of take in the silence and reset your mind. I try not to think of it as time lost or time wasted. That's critical. I don't think of it as something that I'm trying to do to be more productive even. Instead, it's just a little time I wouldn't otherwise take for myself. Professor Sullivan also recommends a technique she calls mental time travel. And no, this doesn't involve a time machine. Mental time travel is our capacity to imagine and evaluate events that might be really far options in the future or might even be things that have already happened in our lives. So realize that being really busy and anxious might mean that you're very much focused on the challenges that you're going to have to overcome in the next few weeks and months. But that doesn't mean you can't spend a little bit of time thinking about the summer vacations you'd like to have two or three years from now when we're back to normal. This way of thinking can help us during the pandemic, especially when we're feeling sad about all the fun plans we've had to cancel. You might say, gosh, instead of fixating on how Christmas with my family has been postponed another year, I am going to mentally time travel to Christmas in 2025 and think about retrospectively the story that I'm going to be able to tell my family about the kinds of sacrifices we made this year because we cared for each other. That kind of ability to launch ourselves forward in time and to talk about how we're going to make meaning in what will then be the past and now is the present of the experiences that we're having, that's a distinctively philosophical human mental capacity that we have and one that might help us find happiness and joy and hope again in a scenario where the the bad but tempting arguments are making us feel a little bit desolate or languishing. Mental time travel can also help us cope with an uncertain future by looking to the past. I've got a friend who is suffering with a pretty serious cancer diagnosis right now, and that's that's terrifying. But One capacity that she has is the capacity to turn around, the capacity to look backward into her past and think about all of the meaningful memories and investments that she's made in her family so far and to think about how she's going to narrate to them and to herself the meaning of the life that she's already lived. And this is also a really special form of mental time travel, this idea to go back and relive things that we've already done in our lives, but to do it in such a way that we're we're able to make it meaningful when maybe at the time it just passed us by. Right now, it can feel like we're stuck in a loop, a time loop with this pandemic. So it's helpful to imagine the future that still lies ahead of us and appreciate the rich memories that have already passed. 
We've asked all our guests today to share their pro tips for those of us feeling stuck in time. Tip number one from Professor Ruth Ogden, create a routine. Try and make yourself get up at the same time every day. Try and do the same things on the same days so that your days have structure and your weeks have structure. This will help you to feel like you are placed in time and it will also help you to maintain some control over time. Tip number two, socialize. If you want to make your time feel like it's passing more quickly, then you need to engage with other people in happy activities, try and socialize, try and get out there and seek new experiences. Even if you are worried about your health and you're worried about interacting with other people, there are still things that you can do in isolation which will create memories and will create new experiences for you. Tip number three from astronaut Christina Cook, create your own milestones. I think that when we look back, we find that we've done more than we realized. I used to tell people in the beginning of the pandemic, it's a great time to paint a room or remodel. One, because of the sensory inputs and changes, but two, because it gives you that milestone and you'll have something to kind of demarcate that year. Tip four, pace yourself. I'm a runner, and we have a saying in long-duration space flight that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that analogy kind of helped me to understand how I needed to pace myself and also how I needed to think about the mission. And I made sure to let the people around me know that I would probably need help at some point, that I would probably, you know, rely on them for different things and that it might not be easy every single day. Tip five from Professor Sullivan, don't catastrophize. So if you start to get stuck in one of these thought loops of thinking, like, I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to have a normal work life ever again. School's never going to be right ever again. Realizing that you don't have good reasons to believe that, that's, that's really your emotions talking. We live in a world of change, and one of the things that's really powerful about being a human is our capacity to realize that things are going to be different if we wait long enough for that change to happen. Tip six, experiment with time travel. We a lot of times wait on cultural signals like a graduation or first day of school to help us tell the story about meaningful accomplishments that we're having. But you don't have to wait for the outside world to tell you that something is meaningful. You can adopt these practices just pausing throughout your day and asking yourself this question, what's really meaningful about this interaction I had with my kid today? Let's all try a little mental time travel right now. Imagine it's 10 years down the road. Let's say you're at a picnic, having a good time with your friends, telling stories about the past. What will you remember from this pandemic? I remember the first calls when we realized that life was going to change for all of us. I remember trying to do our part, be kind to our neighbors, reach out to friends and family that we hadn't talked to in a while, reminding people that we're in this together. I'll remember the time that I got to spend with my kids. We've gone for long walks together. We've shared so many laughs. We've had so many spontaneous dance parties in our kitchen. That's what I will remember the most. And that is time well spent. What did you learn from today's episode? And how are you planning to put these tips into action? I'd really love to hear from you. So record your thoughts as a voice memo, Email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. Give us a call even at 470-396-0832. Leave a message. You can also tweet me 
at Dr. Sanjay Gupta. That's doctor spelled D-R. We might even include your responses on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Next week, we're going to take a look at what we know and what we're still learning about the science of memory. We'll be back Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.